What's up, everybody? It's the Welcome to the Show podcast brought to you by Audible. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash welcome to the show to get a free audio book download and a 30 day free trial. That's audibletrial.com forward slash welcome to the show. Also, have you written a review for our podcast yet? Please take two minutes to leave a five-star rating for the Welcome to the Show podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps people to find our show. CT, what's good? Hey, Manny. How's it going? Hi, I'm Michael Barbaro. (laughs) (laughs) I'm good, man. We we had a, a good weekend um we did we did i got to see you this weekend word uh two day two day hangover i'm at that that age now where it lasts more than one day i don't know yeah. if that, i don't know if that's how you felt i definitely had a two-day hangover and currently have a I currently have a minor fever Ooh, boiling up in here Ooh. so you know uh, yeah we've all had fevers before i don't think i need to explain it I mean, I you should be proud of that, man. Just you know, you drank yourself into a fever. Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought? I feel like I, I feel like I didn't get any sleep, and this is why my body's just like, yeah, you don't want to sleep, enjoy a fever. Yeah, in the words of Carlos Pena, "Placata." Now you're sick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. So, all right. So today we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit different. We're gonna talk about baseball a little bit later. A couple of things we're gonna discuss when we talk about baseball. The All Star Game selections uh, were announced last week. I want to talk about Albert Pujols' return to Bush Stadium. The Dodgers, are they having that type of season like the Red Sox did last year? Don't say anything yet. Um, the Mets are free-falling. We'll talk about that. I have a lot to say about the, the Mets. We're going to talk some a little bit about the NBA draft. Is there life on Mars? And to start it off, I got a bone to pick, CT. Um, and I, we try not to make the show political, although the last couple of weeks we've, we've talked about the issues with the Dominican Republic. Um, I I don't want to talk about Trump's politics. I don't care what he says on, uh, on, on those, you know, Klan rallies. That's what I call them. Um, sorry, CT. I don't know if you support him or not, but, uh, I don't, I don't good. Um, I, you know, I don't care what the economy looks like under him. I don't care, you know. I mean, I care, but I'm trying to illustrate a point here. All of that stuff is is almost like noise in a way. And there's an underlying issue here that's that's being discussed, but I feel like is being swept under the rug because everybody's focusing on his latest tweet or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? What his hair plugs look like, how orange he is on a particular day, so on and so forth. But there's one thing. I saw this video uh, when I woke up on Sunday and, you know, when you're a dude, you you sit on the can and you look at your phone. I don't know if you Let's do go. that sometimes. Shout just out be, to the dudes. Just being honest here. Um, and I saw this video and it's from from that company called this. I think it's like this now or something or now this. I forget what it's called. And I got pissed off. And then I, I, I started scrolling through Twitter and I noticed that it was a, something that had happened and, I, and a lot of people were talking about it. And I just, I, I guess since I was traveling all day Saturday, then we went out, I mean Friday, then we went out Saturday night, um, had a good time, yada, yada, yada. I had just noticed it. And I want to play the audio for you guys because for me, it's upsetting. And and let me just tell you what the issue is because I'm beating around the bush now. So we know that when when Trump was elected into office, part of his his policy was that he was going to crack down on immigration, build a wall, all that nonsense. 
And in the process, they started detaining people. And among those people are children. And it even came out last week that they even detained and separated a kid as young as four months old recently. And so this is being argued in the courts. This is getting very serious. I'm sorry. But um, no, it's all good, man. Keep going. This was argued in the courts, and a an official tried to argue that detained children don't need soap, toothbrushes, or beds to be safe and sanitary, that's quotes, while in Border Patrol custody in a video that went viral. Um, I'm going to repeat that again. They're trying to argue that children don't need soap, toothbrushes, or beds to be safe and sanitary. And these kids are being held for months at a time. Um, so let's listen to what she had to say. Uh, if at any point you want to stop and just interrupt this, go ahead, CT. I'll do the same thing. Uh, but this is what she had to say. You're going to hear some weird music in the background. It's from the now uh, this, the, the, now this, whatever it is, um, you know, people. I'll, I'll link it on my Twitter, too. Let's, let's take a listen. If you don't have a toothbrush, if you don't have soap, if you don't have a blanket, it's not safe and sanitary. Well, wouldn't everybody agree to that? But you're really going to stand up and tell us that, that being able to sleep isn't a question of safe and sanitary conditions? Your Honor, I think what I'd like to what I'd like to stand up and say, really say is to focus <laughs> is to focus the court on um, what what the question is. Any number of things might fall under those categories, and I think yes, I, but can... but sleep surely does, right? You can't be safe and 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 sanitary or safe as a human being if you can't sleep. Well, and and you said in your briefs it doesn't say anything about sleeping, so therefore um, there's nothing in here about being able to sleep. I think the concern there is, Your Honor, the court finding that sleep, for example, falls under is relevant to a finding of, of no safe and sanitary conditions is one thing, but the ultimate conclusion is safe and sanitary is a singular category in the agreement, and it was it was one has to assume left that way and not enumerated by the parties because either the parties couldn't reach agreement on how to enumerate that or that it was left to the agencies to, deter to determine really. Or it was relatively obvious, uh, and it's least obvious enough so that if you're putting to people's into a crowded room to sleep on a concrete floor with an aluminum foil blanket on top of them, that doesn't comply with the agreement. I mean, it may be that they don't get super thread counts Egyptian linens. I get that. but. The testimony that the district judge believed was, it's really cold. In fact, it gets colder when we complain about it as being cold. We're forced to sleep crowded with the lights on all night long. Uh, and all you to put us on is the concrete floor with an aluminum blanket. I mean, I understand it's some outer boundary. There may be some definitional difficulty. But no one would argue that this is secure and sanitary, safe, safe and sanitary. Or at least I don't think you're arguing that, are you? Your Honor, I think what I'm arguing is that, that oh my the, God. the way that the district court reached right? the <laughs> conclusion was to say... Yeah, I can't even listen to her. You it, know what? I Yeah, go ahead. No, you go. Go ahead. You know, that... So can I ask you, what are they in court for? Is this to get that... Like, is this for all children? Or is this... What, what case was this that they're in court? This is for. I'm assuming that this is this is the whole family separation 
Um, they probably got sued by the ACLU or by some other organization. Like there's one called Raices and there's a whole bunch of different organizations that are attorneys are going down there and telling people what their rights are and filing lawsuits as to the conditions of, of these detention centers. And I think even today, a doctor reported that the conditions that these people are staying in is he would equate it to torture. Um, so I'm guessing, yeah, I'm guessing that's what they're referring to. That's crazy. Uh, that lady that's defending against that those claims. I mean, I don't think she. I don't think she really believes that it's uh, a <clears throat> that that's like right. But mm-hmm. that's her job, I guess. You know, I, that's the only explanation I have for her trying to fight that argument, right? Yeah, you know what was, mean, was was frustrating though is at what point do you put aside job security and yourself to do the right thing? Like I, I don't know. I, I'm not in her position, so I can't I can't say how she felt before going into the courtroom, after leaving the courtroom, you know, whether or not she sleeps well at night, so on and so forth. But knowing that that we we live in the richest country in the world, you know, Jeff Bezos just got away with not paying taxes on I forget how many billions of dollars in taxes. Um, There's 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 enough money to to take care of these people and she's up there you know beating around the bush just you know call it for what it is don't don't go i don't know i just it's just disappointing that this is you know i don't think that any job could get me to defend these actions oh no not us because we're you know we're we that'd be like selling your soul right for money yeah um is this related to the the asylums and people not being able to apply for that on American yeah. soil anymore. Is right. this related to the same? So now is somewhere in that agreement, they agreed that they don't need beds or something. Well, I thought the agreement was that if a country agrees that they're a third, what was it like a third country, something about safety mm-hmm. that that means that they would not, uh, not, supply not, in, these? not in the U S anymore. Now, now in the U S you can claim asylum in the United States of America, but they'll they're gonna send you back to your country until your case is heard. I mean, I don't yeah. know if that's the same thing with Cuba, but they send you back in. So, and the thing is that most of these people aren't even Mexicans. They're trekking on foot in some cases from Central America through Mexico all the way up to the United States to to claim asylum because they're they're in unsafe conditions. We know what's happening in Venezuela and some other countries in South America and Central America. And um, and we're turning these people away and back into danger. And then and not only that, when we were detaining them because we didn't want them inside of our country, according to Trump and his administration there, you know, or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you know, called it a, a concentration camp last week. And a lot of people took issue with that. But what else do you do you call it? It is what it is. I mean, it's- but I have to ask, I have to ask, like, and I, and I totally don't agree with um sending these people back to their country that they're trying to flee or sending them back to Mexico where they're not as safe as they would be if they were in America. But do you really think the answer is to accept every immigrant that or every person that crosses the border? Do you think that's the answer? No, I I, I think that the immigration issue is was a problem. I think now, um, during Obama, the, the illegal immigration issue, the illegal immigration problem was at net zero or, or even in the negatives, people were leaving. Um, and they called him the deporter in chief. The problem was being fixed. The, what's happening now is that there's so much unrest in Central and South America that people are 
traveling up in record numbers to come to America who for two, you know, for I don't know, hundreds of years has claimed that we will take your, you know, whatever the Statue of Liberty says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a safe place. Now, all of a sudden, we're turning these people away. And I understand that, that among some of those people, there are criminals and there are rapists and stuff like that. That's true. But the the stats show it that that these immigrants that come into the country, statistically speaking, you're you know you're safer around them than you are around Americans because if you're if you're taking that sacrifice to come up here, it's because you're trying to provide for your family, you're trying to make a better life for yourself. You don't just travel to another country to commit crime. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's not what most people do. <laughs> like. I don't, you know, you can commit crime in your own country. You know what I'm saying? That's true, but like, I do. I I can definitely see criminals trekking to come to America just for the fact that who, you know, their lives could be in danger just as much as a normal person's life could be in danger. I mean, I I could have, I could see a criminal's life being even more in danger because they're they probably have enemies out there because of the crime or whatever. But mm-hmm. I totally agree that. I mean, I I agree with the numbers that, uh, the crime rate must be lower with the people trekking because yeah more often than not it is going to be someone escaping violence you know yeah 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 so, so that's crazy though it is crazy and you know we're we're you know we're first generation americans our parent our parents migrated from the dominican republic they did it legally um so i get it like i understand that they they did it the right way and so on and so forth but as having a father who's owned businesses um for a long time you know in the past there have been we have hired illegal immigrants and my experience with them is they're working super hard at sometimes you know ungodly hour i don't even know how they work so much they don't yeah, get crazy. paid as much and most of the stuff that they earn they're sending it back to their families they want to yep. make their the lives for their families better and you know i'm like i said i'm sure that there are criminals mixed in there i know that they are for a fact but there's also criminals you know our next door neighbor could be a criminal you know what i'm saying like no yeah definitely um and the and the thing is the thing that really pisses me off is that the corporations get away with it again because why why don't we turn to the corporations for that hire these people for for cheap labor and punish them for hiring illegal immigrants you know what I'm saying? Like, at some point, when is enough enough? Like I said before, I don't know if you heard this part. Jeff Bezos got away with not paying taxes on I don't know how many billions of dollars in profits. You know, when is enough enough? I understand this is America. We can't cap how much money you make. But for God's sakes, like, when there's, when there's people dying in the streets and, there's, and people are hungry and you see that people are trying to get into our country because it's a safe place to live in. Um, when do we stop being so selfish and, and about the dollar and just start taking care of each other? You know what I mean? I, I don't know. Maybe I'm sappy in that in that regard, but I when I heard that video and when you see the things that you see and you you hear what the doctor said today, that shit pisses me off, man. It like it it, it drives me up a wall, man. No, yeah, like we could sit here and argue all day about what's the right and wrong thing to do with the immigrants and crime rate and this and that. But one thing's for sure that for for all those children to not have beds, that's that's like the most that's just so unhuman and so un-American, right? Yep. Like we've literally been claiming to take care of people. This country was built off immigrants, right? And I don't know what happened these last couple of years, but because Trump's elected, like I guess people are cool with this type of stuff now. I I don't know. I don't know, man. 
And I don't think it's ever going to end until, who knows, man, until we get attacked from all these countries that we're turning our backs on. <laughs> well, and, and you know, this does relate. And, and then we'll get off of Trump because I don't want to, you know, he already dominates most of everyone's lives. I don't want I don't want him to take up this. However long this episode is going to be, hopefully it's not that long. But um, the, the world is already losing trust in the United States of America with the incident that happened with, with Iran last week. I don't want to get into it into full detail, but uh, the U.S. is claiming that Iran uh, tried to bomb a tanker and the U.S. Is, is claiming that they have irrefutable evidence that it was Iran and the rest of the world doesn't believe the United States. That's that's unheard of. In the past, it's, it, you know, it's immediate. If you have irrefutable evidence, it's immediate. Yes, you're wrong. We need to impose sanctions on Iran. And the world is losing trust in this country. And you know what? I, I don't trust. I don't. I, after the Bush era with the Iraq war and the fake evidence to to start that war, which is ongoing still in Afghanistan and stuff like that. I don't even know if I trust us either. Like everything is a fucking game and, and just trying to get, you know, I don't know. It's all about it's like it's like they they want everybody to be scared, right? So that we support when when and where we go to war, right? Yep. So yeah, man, it's it's the same old shit as always. I concur, man. All right. Ah, damn it. Let's uh, let's. There was more to this whole story. So Pence went on Tapper show this weekend, and he blamed Congress, which of course Congress now has a majority of of Democrats in it. Um, last I checked, Trump close the borders not trump and his administration is and the republicans trump his administration and the republicans decided to separate children we heard jeff sessions say it in a press conference that that's the that's the price you're going to pay for trying to cross the border illegally um don't try to pin this one on democrats like i'm sorry this is on you and 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 this is going to be your legacy this is going to be something that we're going to look back on in the history books and it's going to be a shameful time. And again, not the rest of whatever Trump has done, because I really could give two shits. This thing right here is clear. It's it's this is irrefutable. This is going to be a stain on the history of this country. All right. The next thing. They they found so the the Mars rover Curiosity. This is random. Onto another topic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's let's turn let's turn this around real quick. <laughs> yeah. Found a strange light. Uh, was captured by the Mars rover Curiosity. Um, Justin Mackey of NASA says that this could that that light could be caused by cosmic rays, ray hits, or sunlight glinting from rock surfaces, as the most ex- uh, likely explanations. From looking at that picture, CT, and you've seen it now, that shit does not look like sunlight glinting or some sort of cosmic gray to me. That's that has like a definitive shape and all that shit to me. It does. So, CT, I think that we need to get ourselves ready because over the last couple of weeks, there have been UFO sightings, a, a Navy sh- a t- ship or something like that saw on radar, some unusual movements, and this has been ratcheting up. So I went out today and I purchased myself a record and, and uh, just just to make sure that we're safe, I'm going to play it. It's going to be available on this podcast. When the Martians invade, all you need to do is play this, all right? <laughs> and oh my god please please turn that off <laughs> <laughs> and everything is going to be okay because if we remember in mars attacks this is the song that that old lady was listening to when her headphones came off I'm calling you. <laughs> 
and the Martians started to deteriorate. What do you think, CT? Let me just apologize for anybody who listens to this podcast on full blast. Maybe at work. Everything's wow. going to be okay, guys. I don't... Nice. All right. <laughs> I don't know, man. I have honestly not heard... I, I think I've like avoided those headlines with Mars and Martians and UFO sightings because I feel like it's just so repetitive at this point, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, if we are getting invaded, I mean, I really just hope that, you know, we can, our, our weapons work and it's not like Independence Day where we were outmatched <laughs> and and I hope Will Smith is out there. And I hope that Bill Pullman, the president, can make that speech. Um, <laughs> this is our Independence Day. Shit, I wanted to run through a wall. And I was like how could 10 America, when that came out. How could America do that, man? Make everybody's Independence Day July 4th? Come on, yeah. Like, right? We love right. ourselves too much over here. Serious question, though. If there are, if there's other life forms out there, why do we immediately assume that they're trying to hurt us? You ever thought of that? No. my my. You ever watch Ancient Aliens? Nah. Well, it's an interesting show. I I, I consider it more inter- more for entertainment now than facts, because if you go on YouTube, you can see everything that they protest is is signs of like extraterrestrial life from like the ancient years. Mm-hmm. Uh, gets it kind of gets debunked, right? Now nobody's saying that there couldn't have been extraterrestrial life here back then, but if there was, like, don't you think we would have found proof, like irrefutable proof at this point, and I also just think that for as much possibility that there is life on other planets, there's, I think, an even greater possibility that we'll never reach them in this lifetime or the next because, I mean, the next star is just too far from us, right? So unless they can time travel, which I doubt they can, or, you know, warp speed, which I still doubt that's possible because, you know, well, you know. Uh, oh yeah, I de- totally. I definitely know. Yes. Yeah, like warp speed. That's like that's some that's some scientific sci-fi. Like that's not possible. So I I remember watching something on History Channel back in the day about the pyramids and stuff, and they were saying how, you know, when the pyramids were built, they they had simple machines. They didn't have cranes and shit like that. So, how, you know, did you ever consider could that have been done by UFO or aliens? You're talking about things that were like man-made things that were built? Yes. Well, I think people have to remember that those things those things took centuries to build. They didn't build it like in a year, you know? How about the ones like in 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 uh where is it? In Mexico or something where it's like a giant stone on top of another stone on top of another stone? Like how do they lift that shit up? The Aztecs or whatever the fuck. Uh they I don't know specifically which one you're talking about, but... What is it, Stonehenge? That's not in Mexico. That's in Europe somewhere. Yeah, that's in Europe. Are you talking about, like, the Aztec pyramids? Yeah, like the Aztec, you know, pyramids and temples. I'm talking about Stonehenge, mainly. That's in Europe. I'm sorry, guys. Stonehenge. I don't know how Stonehenge was made, but, I mean, I think we got to give ourselves more credit. Two people probably can't lift that for sure, you know, 10-ton stone, but... A hundred people with the, you know, with the help of like rolling it on sticks and using levees and string, I mean rope. Okay. You know, I think we got to give more credit to what we can do with our 
you know, with what we have. You can then. you can debunk these theories as much as you want. As for the rest of us, <laughs> I'm not trying to debunk anything. I'm just saying for people that believe in this stuff, I feel like it's always just one sided. You know, they never but they never choose to believe that it could be debunked or that we're just alone in this. We're just floating in space by ourselves for another um, for another millennia. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna watch that movie like soon. I know. I want to watch it too. Uh, okay, fine. CT, throw some, you know, whatever. And as far as far as that image, which is what this topic is about, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, can we see like the moment it was taken, or does that thing only take pictures every every 13 seconds? And and the 13 seconds before the the light wasn't there, according to this article. And thirteen, the next image, the 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 light wasn't there either. I mean, if it's really a glare, don't you think we'd see more examples of glares? We're talking about a whole planet with nothing to stop it from, you know, the light, nothing to stop the light from hitting all these rocks that are apparently causing the glare. So I really don't think it's a glare. I don't think it's a glare either. Um, it, I mean, it could maybe it, I mean, we've never seen solar flare before, right? Like we're not on Mars. That we don't get solar flares here. Thank God. But um, so maybe that's what it is. I don't know. But to me, it has a definitive shape, like the close up image. It almost looks like a dragonfly or something. Um, I don't know. I, I I just found it interesting. I think it's interesting that they found methane. The, you know, that's an indicator that there's probably water somewhere under there. I think they found ice before. Um, but yeah. So do you want me to play the song again or? No, nah, I'm good. to the next one the nba draft to me because i'm a knicks fan the story of this draft was the new york knicks aside from zion which i have some sound on zion a little bit later but to me it seems like for the first time since patrick ewing and i was born when ewing was drafted but i don't remember it because i was a little baby but um, what's that (laughs) i said damn you old damn man fuck you all right um (laughs) to me it seemed like the the knicks are and after what Michael K said last week, if you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to the last episode. I detail it in the last episode. Uh, it seems like the Knicks are starting to do things in the right order. And I don't want to give them too much credit for their their pick in the draft. But, I, you know, the Knicks in the past would not, it, to me, it seems like, like when they got Chris Stops, like people were shocked by that pick. I don't know if you remember the the viral image that went around of the kid. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> um, but the pick, and by the way, they selected. Ladies and gentlemen, at guard, at 6'7", from Duke University, please welcome R.J. Barrett. That's right. They selected R.J. Barrett. Who, Where are you getting all these audio clips from? Because <laughs> I'm the man, son. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, who was the right selection? He's not going to save the team. He's not LeBron James. He's not, you know, Kawhi Leonard. He's not any of these guys. But he's a really good player who earlier in the season last year, I don't watch college basketball, so I'm regurgitating whatever I read somewhere else. He was considered to be the, the best player coming into the draft. And then Zion, of course, took over. Um, and yep. I'm just glad that the Knicks took the conservative pick, the guy who... More than likely is going to be the sure thing. 
it shows that the that the Knicks are starting to show some self controls, you know, trying to control their impulses. And it, to me, it maybe they're trying to instill confidence in these free agents that are available now. And I'm starting to hear now that that uh, Brooklyn is ahead of the Knicks for some of the for some of these players. That the Knicks aren't just gonna go out there and you know instead of getting LeBron, they they get fucking Amari Stoudemire a shitload of money, um, and so on and so forth. So. I feel good about this pick, and I'm starting to get excited about basketball. I don't expect the Knicks to make it to the postseason next year unless they get some free, you know, two of these free agents or one of them. Um, but it seems to me like they're they're making smarter decisions. Finally, I don't know what your take is. My take is this: that before the NBA Finals ended, and before we knew what Kevin Durant's future was looking like, or Kyrie's, or any any of that stuff, Kawhi Leonard, anything. Uh, the Knicks ha- the Knicks plan was to draft a high pick and sign two max players worth the money. Whatever it would have been, Durant, Kyrie, or a combination of one of all those free agents that are out there. Now that that looks like it's falling through, I just can't help to think that the Knicks are gonna be be the Knicks and mm-hmm. spend that money elsewhere. Because like you always say it in basketball, when you have money, you go, you're almost forced to spend it. Right. So don't be shocked if they give you know a max deal to Al Horford or something. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, and Al Horford opted out of his deal, so he is a free agent too. And, yeah. and so according to Michael Kay on the Michael Kay show last week, he did say that the Knicks, you know, do have a contingency plan in case two of these free agents don't sign with, sign with the organization. And the plan is to not just give that money to anybody. So their plan is to give short-term deals for good, decent, you know, free agents but they want to keep themselves open for for a potential future person that they can get on the team so yeah there is a chance that kd and Kyrie or Kawhi and Kyrie don't come to the knicks or or one of those three players the three k's the kkk you can't bring them together that's a bad combination of k's um (laughs) (laughs) um but you know if if we don't get i'm gonna be very disappointed if we don't get those players but i guess what i'm trying to say is I, if to me this is starting to feel different, you know, I don't know if that makes any sense. And it's I, gonna it's gonna take a long time. It's like the Astros, right? I'm not. Gonna, I don't want to compare the Knicks to the Astros, but before the Astros became the Astros, they had three, four, five seasons of horrible baseball. They were the worst team in baseball. I think they had like two consecutive, maybe three consecutive 100 loss seasons. It's a process. Take your time. If these guys aren't available, somebody else will be in a couple in a year or two, and um. And you you go that way, but we don't need to rush it. If you you know well, you end up play, having a horrible season, and you're you got a lottery pick again next year, you may get the number one guy, and we don't know who that guy is going to be. So and and then I look at the Golden State Warriors, um, and it, correct me if I'm making mistakes here, but Steph Curry is homegrown, uh, Clay Thompson is homegrown. Um, God damn it, I'm losing names already. Uh, David Draymond Green, Draymond Green is homegrown. That's three core players in that organization that are homegrown players, um, you know, that's important too. So, well, here's the thing, right? Uh, I don't think the Knicks, I would be upset if the Knicks signed Kevin Durant for the most money that they could possibly sign. Cause they're not getting, they're not, he's not playing next year. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if they did get Durant, I doubt that they're getting two max players and you basically just have Durant on that team. If you look at the free agents available next year, 
I don't remember there being too many names anywhere near that level of talent of what yeah. there's available this year. And in basketball, unlike baseball, it's not guaranteed where you're picking in the draft. The Knicks could just as easily pick 10th right. than top three like they did this year. I think personally they got lucky, yeah. and the pick was a no-brainer. So I kind of don't want to give them credit, for, <laughs> and yeah, I yeah. don't hate the Knicks, so please don't think that I'm just bashing the Knicks. Uh, I think it was a no-brainer to choose this guy. Um, you know, when they they they're essentially looking at another losing season, and this only works if they're picking in the top three next season. Since that's not guaranteed, I just don't think it's it's looking good right now. You know, and and I'm only saying that because of what's been going on recent years. And yeah. I really, you know, until until they have a a final roster to start the season, maybe I can make a better decision. But I have a feeling they're just gonna spend stupid money for you know on some random players. Um, because I'm looking around the league, and better teams than the Knicks have given crappier contracts to players that don't deserve it. Right. Um, and there's crazy money in basketball right now, right? Mm-hmm. And they're the Knicks. So. <laughs> I just, I hope that you know if if KD comes, I think, I think I think that wherever KD goes, Kyrie's gonna go, and it seems like Kyrie wants to go to Brooklyn. Um, but. Is that where KD wants to go? I'm not sure. And um, as far as Kawhi goes, I think he's going to stay in the West Coast. He's been saying the, the thing with the Spurs, he was saying it then that he wanted to go to the West Coast. So they're saying that the Clippers are in on him. The Lakers are in on him. The Lakers are trying to make money, room for a max deal. If the Lakers get uh, Kawhi Leonard and they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis on that team, forget it. Like, it's over. The, the, why Kawhi's- even watch next season? Yeah, Kawhi's not going to the Lakers. I don't see that happening. Yeah, I, ho- I hope you know? not. I hope he doesn't go there. And they're saying that Brooklyn isn't on Kawhi too. But I don't know. I, if we get KD, I think it's I, I think that somebody else is coming with him. That, I guess that's my point. I, I could see there's an off chance that Kawhi can go to the Knicks. There's a Bleacher Report thing where they're, sh- they're saying like the odds of, of where these players are going to go. Um, I think Kawhi comes alone. I think. KD and Kyrie are going to be a, a combination. They're going to be a, a combo deal um, hmm. going going forward next year. Something tells me the Nets are going to do something huge, and that shit would piss me the fuck off. Can't <laughs> let the Nets win the championship. No way, Jose. But again, whatever happens with KD, he's not – unless they make it to the playoffs without him, we're probably not seeing him till the playoffs. So, yeah. you Truth. know – and also, another point I wanted to make before we move on from this topic is Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Jim, none of those guys were top draft picks. You know, I think Steph Curry was picked 7th. 7th, yeah. You know, Klay Thompson, I think, was picked 11th. Yeah. Um, I think that we, and also for the Astros, yeah, that worked out. But it doesn't always work out like that, you know? No, it doesn't. Um, but but I, I, what I'm trying to say is I want I, I like that the, the team is starting to... The, the trade for Kristaps Porzingis, that shit wouldn't have happened under Isaiah Thomas or... Under yeah, right. under Phil Jackson, people when it first happened, people were upset by that. I'm not gonna lie, even I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" But it makes complete sense. You just you just built so much flexibility for your organization. You got yourself a good player in R.J. Barrett. You're making your organization you, to come to the to Madison Square Garden, the me, the mecca of basketball, right? Um, you just made the team a little bit more attractive, and I think that our chances have increased. I agree with you. There is a good chance that we don't get any of these guys, and that would suck. But, you know, if this rebuild takes four, five, six years, and we get a championship within the next decade, I'll take it, man. It's been 45 years. Damn. I, I, yeah, man. I mean, god damn. Fuck. Hey, 
I hope the Knicks do win because there's people that I care about in this world that like the Knicks, you included. Thanks. So I hope the Knicks do win. Thank you. Soon in this lifetime. One more thing on the NBA. I just wanted to play this audio of Zion because this kid is a great, he's a freak of nature. He's a juggernaut. Um, A story came out last week that he could hit 400 foot bombs. Apparently he played high school, uh, baseball in high school. Of course. Football. And um, he got drafted uh, first round and he had something to say about his mother. And I wanted to play it because I love my mama too. And uh, okay. Okay. I thought it was nice. Well, Zion, certainly the moment we all anticipated, but you've been waiting for this moment since you were five. How would you describe being the number one overall pick in this draft? I mean, I don't know what to say. I didn't think I'd be in this position. My mom sacrificed a lot for me. I wouldn't be here without my mom. She did, she did everything for me. I just want to thank her. Your mom was your coach when you were coming up. She coached you until you were 14. What are the sacrifices you feel as though she made for you? She put, she put her dreams aside for mine. She always looked, she always looked out for her, her family, friends, and words. So, I mean, come on, this isn't fair. Yeah. This, he's a great player and a great fucking person. Come on, man. Yeah, Zion's mom definitely faked that birth certificate, man. He's he's definitely twenty five <laughs> or twenty six. There's no way that kid is eighteen, right? So <laughs> mature. Jesus Christ, man! He sounds like a grown ass man. <laughs> Damn, fuck. And I and, hope he t- I hope he turns out to be really good in the NBA. But my God, like this hype is crazy. The hype is you know? real. The hype is real. And I hope that he's I hope that he's the real deal, too, because how often I mean, there are good we're making it at least I am. I'm making it seem like the NBA is filled with animals and whatever. No, that's not true. A lot of NBA players are, are really good people, um, you know, well-spoken, does do things for their community, yada, yada, yada. Um, it's just hearing somebody talk like that on his night about his mother is to me. I think that's amazing. That's awesome. You know. Um, there was yeah. a lot of good moments like that in the draft. I didn't watch the draft, but I did. I did watch some recap on on Bleacher Report and ESPN, and um, I think you know I'm getting excited about the NBA again. Um, so if I'm getting excited about the NBA again, and it's been 20 years, 25 years since since I watched like the NBA hardcore, um, then something must be changing. Um, so good for the sport. Now baseball, follow along. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, draft Zion. Fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. Let's talk about the Mets, CT. Let's 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 shit on the Mets for a little while. Finally, man, we haven't done this <laughs> in a while. So the Mets are free falling. They're four and six in their last ten games. They rank last in blown saves in Major League Baseball. It's either them or the Red Sox, one or the other. Um, they Damn. fired their pitching coach Dave Island last week and hired an 82-year-old p- pitching coach in Phil Regan. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. Now, yesterday, Mickey Calloway and Jason Vargas get into a shouting match with a reporter. Um, and today, the, the Mets decided, you know, Calloway's job is safe. They're just going to find him and Jason Vargas. And Calloway went out to speak to the media to apologize. He didn't apologize. He ended up joking about it. Later on, he, just, he had to recall the media to come back out to issue an official apology. Um, this team is a fucking joke, man. And I said it at the beginning of the season. I don't want to, 
you know, the season isn't over yet. They could very much make it to the postseason and, and I could, you know, sh- you know, shut my fucking mouth or whatever. But I said at the beginning of the season, the Jed Lowry signing was a mistake. There was DJ LeMahieu was available. The Jairus Familia signing was was a mistake. You had Zach Britton. You had Adam Adovino. You had David Robertson, although David Robertson has been hurt, was available. Even the trade for Edwin Diaz, you know, we celebrated it a little bit. But taking on Cano's contract was a big risk that they took. Taking on a 35, 34-year-old player with five more years left on his contract is a big risk. And the Mets aren't even competitive. They're a joke. Um, I think, this is my take, I think Callaway has to go. I know that he's only been, I know that this guy's only had the job for like six months. I think Brody Van Wagenen has to go. I think it's time for the Mets to completely blow it up. Just start from scratch. Everybody goes, Marlin style. The NL East is going to be a joke because that's what needs <laughs> to happen because they're not going anywhere with these players. No, yeah, man. Completely wasted those years for, you know, I'm not saying Syndergaard is out of his prime. I think we're looking at what Syndergaard is. But I just remember when they made it to the World Series with Harvey, Syndergaard, DeGrom, Wheeler was on the shelf. Mats had emerged, right? I mean, Familia was leading the league in saves. Yep. I don't know how that team made it. I just remember them sweeping the Cubs. It was weird. They they um, traded for Yohannes Cespedes and they went on a tear. And Cespedes, Cespedes is another one. That's <laughs> the thing. That's the thing. I mean, yeah. What were they with the Cespedes thing? I like to rip them for that because it's it's an easy you know, it's an easy thing to talk about because he's been gone for so long and they gave him so much money. But at the time, what were they were what what were they supposed to do? They probably should have signed Daniel Murphy too. But mm-hmm. you know, he and ends Justin up becoming Turner. like one of the greatest. He ends up becoming one of the greatest anti Met hitters. You know. Always rips the Mets when he faces them. And, yeah, there's a lot of different things they could have done. But, honestly, like with Brody Van Wagenen, whatever the hell his name is, weird-ass <laughs> fucking name. Uh, can't, I mean, the players have to play, right? I mean, he put – you don't think Robinson Cano is going to be this bad, no. right? Edwin Diaz is great, but he's blown a couple saves. But I also think it's the way that Mickey Callaway manages the team. So I do agree that Mickey Callaway should should be kicked out. Um. What does the pitching coach have to do with it? I mean, seriously, when does that ever happen that they fire the pitching coach before yeah. the manager? Um, I think Mickey Callaway is a serious problem, but Brody Van Wagenen, I mean, give him. I I'd like to give him a little bit more time just to see what he what else he can do because there's a new season coming up, obviously, mm-hmm. and maybe this team is just one or two players away and a different manager away from competing. But as as like you said before, the NL East is a joke. Uh, I'm. Can we shout out the Marlins now, or should we? Let's should do we it, man. Fuck that? the Mets. Shout Let's out talk, to you the know Marlins. What? This is a good way to rip the Mets. Let's talk about the Marlins. Go ahead. Yeah, the Marlins are to me. I was watching their game against. Uh, my God, who were they playing? I guess it was St. Louis mm-hmm. yesterday. And there's just something about the Marlins. Like I haven't looked at their numbers yet. And I know their record sucks, but when you hear what they have in the minors and how the guys that are up currently pitching, or you know Caleb Smith before he got injured. They seem to have really good pitching, mm-hmm. good enough. I mean, obviously, you need a bullpen to go with that so that all those numbers remain good, but they don't have that. Uh, and I'm excited enough about the Marlins where I don't consider them a complete, like, last season, to me, the Marlins, there was nothing about them. There was nothing interesting yeah. about them. And looking at the Marlins yesterday, I, I feel like we need to revisit the old veteran leadership talk. Mm-hmm. Manny, before I get into that, is there anything that you'd like to add about the Marlins? 
I agree. I mean, I, I went on Fangraphs to see where they ranked in in some p- pitching categories, and they're they're you know in one place I heard that they were ranked seventh in pitching. I don't know how these people rank things like that, but in terms of F WAR, they're above the fifty percentile. In ERA and FIP, they're also above the fifty percentile. I've seen some of their pitchers do really outstanding things. I know that when I when I'm trying to stream a pitcher in fantasy, sometimes I stay away from Marlins pitchers because the team is bad, so they don't win many games. Um, but for the most part, these pitchers are you know they're averaging 10, 15 points a game, and I know that it's fantasy baseball, but that's an indicator that that's a decent pitcher. He's not that bad. And there have been, like you said, some players that have impressed. Um, and this team is not as bad as I thought that they were going to be. To put it in perspective, the team that we were just shitting on is just five games better than the New York Mets on the loss column. Crazy. Um, and that's a team that has a high payroll, has, you know, brand name players on it. Stars. Um, they have they have talent on the Mets. I'm not going to rip the Mets and say that they're completely, you know, useless. But they have some of the best players. Not some yeah. of the best players. They have one or two best players in MLB. Mm-hmm. And then you got guys like Conforto, who I think Conforto's a good player. Like, I feel like he should get traded. But for some reason, the Mets are probably not looking to blow anything up. And that's I think that's just such a big issue with them. Like, yeah. get, rid of all their, get rid of all the pitchers, get rid of your star players, and start mm-hmm. over. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think the Marlins got that Sixto guy who's, who a lot of people were saying was like the next Pedro Martinez or whatever. They have, they, do. they have pitching prospects. They have pitching that's already up here that's pitching decently. Um, I think they need some offense, um, and 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 I think that they're a couple of years away. They're not quite ready yet, um, but I think they're a few years away. Let me get back. Let me let's bring up an old topic of veteran leadership. Now let's do it for lo- for those of you that have been listening to the show since day one. You probably recall a segment that we used to run called Balk Off. I think it was called Word, where we took a topic or maybe like an old saying in baseball and we ripped it for a couple minutes and I ripped the veteran leadership and I still don't believe in that whole veteran leadership crap. But then I look at a team like the Yankees, right? And I think that players like CeCe Sabathia and Brett Gardner are the perfect example of veterans on your team when you don't have like the star power, right? Mm -hmm. And I really think the Marlins are lacking in that department because the only guy that I could think of is Starling Castro and Starling Castro hasn't been relevant. You can make the argument when he was on the Yankees and he was, you know, hitting doubles and all that stuff. Yeah. But Starling Castro really hasn't been relevant since the Cubs, you would say. Prado. Right? Martin Prado's on there too. He, I feel like he's always injured. Yeah. Right? But anyways, I feel like there is a place for veterans because a guy like CeCe Sabathia, even though that's not the case today from what I'm hearing through the, through the chats that we're in, you know, I, I don't know what the score of the Yankees game is. Move on. But... <laughs> I feel like guys like Cesar Sabathia are the perfect guys to have on a team like the Marlins because when the Marlins are facing a five-game sweep, or not five-game sweep, five-game losing streak, you get a guy like CeCe to come in and at least give you a chance to win the next game. But when you have a bunch of, you know, rookies or, or non-star-studded lineup, you're just going to get – you're going to face a good team on – or not even a good team, or any team on, on a losing streak, and you're just going to continue to roll, you know, fall off the cliff. So that's why I wanted to, you know, give some props to the veterans in baseball. Not all of them. Not Todd Frazier. Not Todd Frazier on the Mets. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Here we go. I'm talking about those veterans that are, you know, either getting their number retired for their team or at least Hall of Fame bound yeah, yeah, at yeah. some point. Or, yeah. you know, depending on what year it is. Um, and that's all I have to say. Here's my prediction. 
the Marlins will win a World Series before the Mets? Uh, all right, I'll uh, I'll back that. I'll back that claim. I'm really down on the Mets, man. I mean, they've won two in their existence since, and and the Mets haven't won one since eighty. Will the Marlins? Will the Marlins win the division before the Mets win the, the next division? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, and that's tough because honestly, like the Braves have been on fire yo, as of late, and the Phillies are falling apart. And the Phillies are falling apart, and that's with the Braves. I mean, remember last year they in the playoffs they just looked so blah. Yeah. So they I'm not look, saying there's a clear cut. I mean, the Braves yeah. are definitely probably going to win the division, but yeah, yeah. Still, you know, it's anybody's next year. I feel anybody could come in and just start taking over. Mm-hmm. It's anybody's division. I think the Braves look exciting this year. Like all of a sudden, I don't know what where the change came. Maybe it was. The, the you know calling up Austin well, not Austin Meadows what's that guy's name Riley Austin Riley um and Josh Donaldson getting hot all of a sudden Dansby Swanson's finally living up to the to the number one draft pick um he's on my team um and they just sent out Fultonavich like they have the balls to send down the guy who was their ace last season like they they just have confidence I have, I feel good yeah. about that team um yeah and and they're they're rolling they're rolling man they're they're six and a half games above the the Phillies who the Phillies had taken ownership over first place for most of the season now they're falling apart um I feel good about the Braves but yeah. the Met, yeah the Mets and this is what's disappointing the Mets are a big market team and they continue to you know disappoint year in and year out at one point at what point do we just start calling shit what it is and the Mets suck. And until you know, they they start acting like a big market team, you know, are they are they analytics or not? Like I have no idea. You hired an eighty two year old pitching coach. Like what is he going to teach these guys? You know what I'm saying? Like you know, throw them some chin music. Um, you know what <laughs> In I'm my saying? Day we used to pound the strike zone, right? Uh, you know, Jesus. I I kind of feel like the Mets pitching rotation success was like one of the one of the bigger issues that has caused them to be what they are because with that pitching staff it doesn't matter what happened the season prior you start a season with the grom Syndergaard, wheeler mm-hmm. matt's for for the little bit that matt's has done in his career you start a season where here's your where he's your fourth or third best pitcher you think it, it gets people excited so it's exciting enough for them to go out and, and and trade for robinson cano in a season that i didn't think the mets should have done anything you know i yeah. think last season we were talking about the mets trading away Degrom, mm-hmm. and of course they start off the season 15 and 4 like they did every last season last last season yeah and they got everybody excited and now everybody's looking at like oh thank god we didn't do this but look it's happening again Degrom gets no run support he lost a two-run lead the other day. He didn't get the he didn't get the win for that. The Mets blew it against the Cubs, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. That would have been a big win. And it's the same exact issues from last year. The bullpen's even worse. It's kind of like it's the same issues from always. It's the same old Mets, and it's it's what I the same thing I said before when I said that I had mentioned it before the season started. I found the piece on on Call to the Pen that I wrote, um, and. It's the same old Mets, man. It's it's instead of going out, you're a big market team who has tons of money under the under the cap, under the luxury tax threshold or whatever the fuck you call it. And instead of going out and getting the best player that's available, you get the best player that's available adjacent. You get Jed Lowry, a 35-year-old, 30, however old he is, you know, player who did well in Oakland last year. But come on, let's call it what it is. He hasn't even played this year. He's been hurt. Um, and you had DJ LeMahieu. Who once hit 348 as a contact hitter, 
in a big ballpark and you see what he's doing across the street in Yankee Stadium, you know, you go out and you get Jerry's Familia, who you traded away because he wasn't good enough last year, was horrible with the Oakland A's, and then you decide to bring him back for more money than it would have cost you to get a Zach Britton or an Adam Adovino or whatever. It's just like the same shit. It's like when, when, when two years ago, when J.D. Martinez was on the market, instead of going out and getting J.D. Martinez, they go out and get Jay Bruce. It's just like, come on, guys. At some point, you have to start acting like what you are. And what you are is a big market team, and you should be better than this. And, and it's no surprise why the, Nets, the Mets attendance in New York City is pitiful year in and year out. Because why would you go out and support this team? They're a joke. Beautiful stadium, too. And I also want to add that, you know, at what point do we start questioning, like, the actual – I think we do got to blame the coaches at some point. But that, I, can't, I can't help but to ignore that. Jay Bruce is doing well in Philly, mm-hmm. you know? I'm pretty sure the Mets would have enjoyed that type of Jay Bruce production last year. Uh, but, again, they play in a bigger ballpark. And he's – I feel like there's something to being in a better lineup – than what the Mets had last year. Yeah. I feel like anyone who you expected production from, even Cano, is going to look a lot worse when the entire lineup isn't doing shit, right? Yeah. So, I mean, at what point are we going to just, like, not just blame the players, but there's clearly something wrong in the organization. Like, the Mets. Know, They're the Mets. Meet the Mets. Meet greet the, the Mets. Mets. Step right up and greet the Mets. Bring your kitties. Bring your wife. Last season, the, the Boston Red Sox were having that type of season. Yeah, this yeah, yeah. season, the Dodgers are having that type of season. It seems like everybody's playing well. Everything is going their way. And this weekend, I think it was the, the something that, that's never been done before. I think it was three rookies. Was that what it was? On, Saturday, on Friday was Matt Beatty hit a walk-off home run. Yeah. On Saturday was Alex Verdugo hit a home run, a walk-off home run. And then yesterday, Al, Will Smith hit a walk-off home run. That's three consecutive walk-off wins, back-to-back-to-back. Rookies did it. Is this, the, is this it for the Dodgers? Is this their year? Are they finally going to win the World Series? I don't know, but as much as you want to compare this team to the Red Sox, <laughs> you know, uh, the Red Sox didn't do what the Dodgers have done, where they go to the World Series every year and lose. Facts. Or at least, you know, have been winning the division this many years in a row. I mean, the Red Sox did win the division three years in a row, and then they won it last year. Wow, Bags. what a great team. Okay. What a great F-bomb team. Okay. You know? Go on. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, the Dodgers are insane. They, they're they way ahead of everybody in run differential. So, way to go, Manny. Get a hard-on for that. Yep, uh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you heard it? You heard it I on don't the know. microphone? Yeah, <laughs> it hit the desk and yeah. Um, I don't know what to say, man. And this year, the na- it's looking like a National League type of year. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I feel like as much as I love Houston, I feel like Houston didn't. They need George Springer back, obviously. There's something um, going on in Houston. They they looked yeah. down. Even Altuve looks down this year. Something's off. Yeah, but I read a stat about Altuve that this is he's having a career high in hard hit rate. Or something. Huh, that's surprising. So I think, uh, you know, I think wait on it. Yeah. For Altuve. But damn, man, the Dodgers are 13 games ahead in first place. It's <laughs> insane, man. They're, I think it's it's their year. I mean, I, Max Muncy's having a really good season. Corey Seager's out again. Um, 
this whole platooning Jock Peterson and 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 Kike Hernandez and stuff like that is working out. I mean, Dave Robertson, his job should be safe. I think there was a lot of questions whether or not they were going to move on. It's looking like they're hands hands down the best team in the National League right now. The only other team that looks like they could compete is the Braves, and I think that the Dodgers are better than the Braves. Personally. Oh yeah, and the Dodgers are twenty-one and eleven versus teams over five hundred. Nice. The Braves are sixteen and thirteen. Wow. The only other teams that come close to that type of like success is the Astros, thirty and twenty-one. Mm-hmm. Yankees are seventeen and ten. <sighs> yes, that's pretty much it. Oh yes. Um, shout out to the Reds. Huh? Yeah, man, they're they're for avoiding for avoiding last place and being five and a half games back. From the Cubs. I think the Cubs are overrated, man. That division is up for grabs. Have you noticed the Central is always like a very competitive division? Like, yeah. I remember the Pittsburgh Pirates making it to the postseason two years in a row in the wild card and getting eliminated in the wild card. And, and I think they yeah. won like 98 games, 100 games in both seasons. There was that one season that they, I think it was 2015 when the, uh, when the Cubs got swept by the Mets, the Cubs and the Cardinals and Pittsburgh all had like the same amount of wins. And mm-hmm. it came down to like, you know, obviously head to head record, but something else, too. I remember that. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that, that that whole division, even the Pittsburgh Pirates, everyone is within five and a half games of the division, which is awesome. And everyone's in it in the wild card, too. So, you know, I, I like it. I like seeing it. It looks like Joey Votto's starting to heat up a little bit. Round of applause. Um, can I get him? You want to reverse that trade? Fulte for Votto? Uh, if Fulte comes back healthy and pitches good in the minors, yeah, we'll see. Forget it. Never mind. It's off the table. Um, All right. Albert Pujols, I don't have sound on this. It's okay because it would have just been applauses. Um, visit Returns to Bush Stadium, which I kind of found surprising because he's he's been with the Angels for a long time. But he returns to St. Louis for the first time since signing with the Los Angeles Angels. And he has an amazing weekend. Hits a home run. Um, I think he gets a single in there. And they removed him from the game last night, I think after the first inning. And he got a, a hug from Yachty. Uh, standing ovation. He went into the clubhouse and the, the crowd wouldn't sit down. They were standing for him until he came back out to to greet them. To me, it almost felt like, a, like he was gonna retire or something like i was almost expecting to hear that at the end of the season he was gonna hang it up and i kind of wish that he would i'm not gonna lie and i think i've talked about this before i love i love seeing him i think he still brings something to the game but there's something about a player just walking away before it turns completely to shit and something tells me that in a couple of years pujols is gonna be like you know almost not even a factor you know what i mean no, yeah, and uh, I've never seen anything like that. He got a standing ovation in every game that he played yeah. in St. Louis, and that was crazy. Led by Yadier Molina. I think Yadier Molina demanded it in the third game. Mm-hmm. So that was that was crazy. And you know what? I kind of do wish Pujols retired this year. Just not not that I want him to retire. Like I kind of want to see how how high he can get up on the home run list. But that's kind of being selfish, right? I mean, yeah. the Angels, I'm not saying the Angels are a great team. But they have they're showing flashes of being, you know, not as bad as they've been yeah. all the other years, right? And because of pool holes, you know, he's taking away playing spot from someone else. But not just that. What would a pool holes going away tour be like? Like, what would a a pool holes in his last year of his contract declining 
in a farewell t- farewell tour be like? You know, I don't think it would be the same as a Mariana Rivera one. It'd I don't be know. Kind man. of sad, right? It'd be a little sad. To oh, see you Pools mean toward, go up there? You mean if he waits it out? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying if Pools does one of those things where he announces oh, yeah. in the beginning of the year that he wants to retire and that this is his last season, he's gonna get a farewell a farewell tour, right? Yeah. yeah. So what's that gonna be like? Um you know with his production and i'm and th- i think this season he's not having the worst season but i'm pretty sure it's not going to get any better no no so he's, i i would i would retire this year if, if i was him yeah yeah i'm not gonna lie go out while you're still you know able to play you know what i mean i watched the video i think i mentioned this before i watched a video about um his sprint speed and it's bad and i think that's yeah. why he's he's uh he always ranks last in double plays and his batting average is really low um it's yeah it's it it is like i I like watching him play but he looks you know he looks old he looks beat um and i hate seeing i hate seeing like well i wasn't i was about to get super personal not gonna get personal fuck it i hate seeing guys who are a shell of themselves and he's not a shell of himself yet but he's almost there um and and it would suck to remember him that way you know i would say he is a shell of himself i'm not gonna lie and when you're splitting time with the, I mean, Otani's here, you know. Yep. Let him be. Let him be the DH. Let's see what that team can do. Uh, so as much as I, I we've talked about on the podcast before. I've seen you like your idols retire or whatever, like your yeah, those yeah. legends. I like to see him play for as long as possible. But in this case, like, what would a what would have Albert Pool's farewell farewell tour look like? I don't think it'd be like, you know. Glorious. Honestly, it would have been perfect if if he just like walked away last night. Oh man, that would have been dope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would have been perfect. Back home, if he just got St. on that Louis. mic, if he just got on that mic and said, "You know what? I didn't make this decision till now, but I'm retiring, bitches." Like mic drop. <laughs> if he made a mistake, uh, St. Louis, I just want to say I'm 50 years old and it's time to walk away from the game. Oh, whoops. <laughs> I mean, I'm hey. 39. <laughs> You know what it is, though? I think Pujols does so much for charity that at yeah. this point he knows he's a burden on a team, but he can do more active, you know, playing than he can retired. I like that one. I like that. I like that excuse better. Let's keep that yeah. one. Speaking of Otani, yeah. let's jump into the All-Star game real, real quick. He told some reporters, I saw this on Bleacher Report earlier today, that he wants to be in the Home Run Derby. And I say, fucking do it. Hell yeah. That man. would be awesome. Finally. Right. Finally. Um, and I hope that he actually does it. I th- that would be awesome, man. And I think Christian Yelich, too, said that he would wa- he would do it. I think, you know, fuck, it's fun, man. It's a fun thing. And I get it's it. In that, Atlanta. That, it's in Atlanta this year, right? Uh, Cleveland, I think. Oh, that's that's a pretty good field for. Uh, yeah, they have that confusing right-hand, right-hand that wall. And then there's a fence above the wall and there's like the yellow yeah. line. That's kind of confusing. But um, do it, man. The more, the more, the merrier. And and for me, I've said this before. The whole, the all, the home run derby is the best skills event of any all star. It's the best all star activity in any sport, bar none, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I. Uh, what I would like to see in the home run derby is if it's eight. I think it's eight, right? Eight. It's eight players total, mm-hmm, yeah. or ten. Okay, let's say it's eight. I want four star studded players like Bryce Harper, even though. You know, you can make the argument he's not a superstar, whatever. I think he is. He is. Bryce Harper, Otani, uh, Christian Yelich, and B- Bellinger, let's say, right? Whatever. And then I want the other four players to just be like these raw power animals, like 
uh, Eloy Jimenez would be mm-hmm. a good one. Jordan. Um, Jordan Alvarez is a good one. Austin Riley is like is uh, Chavis from the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. I think would be a good one. You know, like just like guys that are just trying to win it, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I think it should be like that every year. Like I think we should vote four players. They have to do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a million and then dollars, the other man. four player, the other four players are just you know two year in their first two years of their career type of players that you know just trying to make a name for themselves or whatever. I'm down. I'm down for that. I I love watch. I mean, I I can't wait for the home run derby this year more than the all star game. I could give two shits about the all star game. What I, I love the all star game. The baseball all star game is is also the best all star game of of all of the sports too. But I I look forward more to the home run derby than I do the all star game personally. I would I would have to say that I look forward to them either equally or more towards the all star game because there's just something about having like my favorite part of the all star game is having the starting pitcher of that year throw the first inning and him like just emptying the tank. Yeah, like that to me is always gets me excited for the all star game. Yeah, yeah, that is cool. That is cool. And and it's fun to see guys be themselves on the field, too. Um, you know, kind of let their guards down a little bit. The game doesn't matter. They're fucking around more. There's more flashiness, stuff like that. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But th- what I wanted to talk about with the All-Star game is that there are some snubs. And I noticed that it's primarily in the in the American League. In the National League, I think it's very clear, like, who the best players are. And they're, and they're getting in. Um, but in the, in the American League... And I uh, there's a couple of snubs and some people that are getting in that just shouldn't be in, to be fair. And when I was going through the list, it turns out that the players that I feel like shouldn't be in are Yankees and Astros players like Aaron Judge it ha- was selected. I don't think he should. I don't think he should be playing in the All-Star game. He's barely played this. Wow. Season. Really? He's in the all- he's he got selected. I mean, the way I'm understanding the All-Star voting is that the fans select the players the majority gets in, and then there's another voting session which starts on Wednesday to select who the starters are going to be. And Aaron mm-hmm. Judge was one of the ones selected. I don't think he should have been selected. I don't think Carlos Correa should have been selected. And in all honesty, I don't think Jose Altuve should have been uh, selected either because they did, they just didn't play enough this year. Um, and Gio Urshela, Urshela was selected. I don't think he should get in either. I think there there were you know Rafi Devers. So here's a snub: Rafi Devers wasn't selected. I think it was yeah, that's crazy. I think it was kind of weird that Kettle Marte wasn't the first selected player. He was, I think he he got he got in on that second on round second. voting. Yeah, yeah, that that's kind of crazy. I mean, he's having a crazy season. I know. Like, Xander you know, Xander Bogarts is the best shortstop in baseball. He wasn't selected. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, Tommy Pham is having a good season. I know he's on my team in fantasy. He wasn't selected as an outfielder. And Max Kepler, for me, him, Devers, and Xander are the biggest snubs. Um, Kepler's having a phenomenal year for the Minnesota Twins, and he wasn't selected either. And and it, it just goes to show, and that's the thing, is that the All-Star game is supposed to be a fun thing, but when you leave it strictly up to fans, you're noticing that, you know, what, when the what I, the conclusion that I'm making in, in that I think that, that the players that shouldn't be there um, that they're Yankees and Astros. The conclusion I'm making is that they're super popular teams, competitive teams, so they're going to get a lot of votes. And I didn't know this about the Astros until I started writing for Call to the Pen, but their fans are, like, they're hardcore. If you write something negative about the Astros, they come down on you hard. Um, so I'm noticing that that fan bases that are committed to their teams, and I'm not saying that the Red Sox fans aren't, but let's be real, there's way more people in New York than there are in, in Boston. Um 
you're going to see some snubs and you're going to see some players that, that are getting in that just shouldn't get in. Um, yep. So just wanted to point that out. Um, I know I love Aaron judge. I want to see him there, but he, he doesn't, he doesn't deserve it this year. You know what I'm saying? No. Yeah, I know. And that's, I'm actually surprised by that. I'm so I'm not surprised, but I am surprised. I'm, 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 I'm not surprised because he probably is the most popular player in baseball. Um, so he's going to get a lot of votes. Uh, but I feel like if somebody hasn't played a certain amount of games, he shouldn't even be on the ballot. Yeah. He shouldn't even be allowed to be voted on. So I kind of blame baseball for it in a way. And with Urshela defensively, he's been good. He's been really good for the Yankees. But when you see that Devers didn't get in, then, you know, to me that it doesn't make sense. I think Urshela is like the fourth guy. He shouldn't be. Devers is above uh, Urshela. I agree. I totally agree with that. Um, so yeah, that's those are those are my topics. We went through that pretty quick. I think so. Do you want to go over some any like minor bullet points here and there? Sure, hit me. All right. Uh, shout out to Zach Gallen of the Marlins. He wasn't in the forty man roster to start the season, but he got called up on the twentieth and uh, five innings, six strikeouts. Nice. Didn't get the decision, but he didn't get the loss. So. I have high hopes for this guy. He's on my fantasy team. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie. We talked about Ryu last episode, uh-huh. and he didn't have a Ryu start. Uh-oh. He had he actually walked somebody Uh-oh. and didn't get the decision. So, I mean, 16 points, I'll take it, but we can do better. And I forget this dude's name, but I think he just signed a contract with the Orioles, the first overall pick of this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Roshman, Roshman. Yeah, I didn't know he was a catcher. Oh, I didn't know that either. Wasn't I thought he, he was like a shortstop or something. Didn't he get the Mike Trout treatment? Intentionally walked with the bases loaded. Bases loaded. I call that the Barry Bonds treatment. Ah, yes, good point. Barry. Uh, anyways, that's. I think that's all I have. <laughs> yeah. One last thing. For me, I've been looking for shows to binge because I'm caught up on Barry. My wife and I started watching Big Little Lies this weekend. Holy shit. That's a good show. I, I wish that I had watched it when it came out. Big Little Lies. Big, little, sh- big little Lies on HBO. Um, it's it's like an all-female cast. Basically, the, the main characters are all females. Like Nicole Kidman's in it. Reese Witherspoon. Um, Shalane Woodley, I think her name is. Like it's a, it's a all female cast, but it's a really good story. It plays like a Netflix show. Like you wish you could just binge all of them. If they all dropped at the same time, you definitely binge it. Um, really good show. So you got to check that out. Do and, you? And I have uh, next coming up after I catch up on this, I'm gonna start watching uh, Chernobyl. Wow, man, I am not watching anything except for the X Files. So, <laughs> what am I doing with my life? I don't but know. But anyways, what do you think about? Did you ever watch that show with Jerry Seinfeld where he's going around like drinking coffee with people yeah, and stuff? I like that show, comedians and cars right. getting coffee. I saw I saw an ad for that the other day, and it looks pretty interesting. I I kind of want to watch it. So good to know. I like it. It was on. Um, I don't know if you like when when you bought when you used to buy a Roku. Like there was this app on it that just came automatically that like free movies but it was always like horrible 80s movies or whatever crackle I yeah think it was called yeah it was on that service so i used to watch it on there because they would have some seinfeld episodes for free too and um and then netflix bought it out and 
it's been good. I like it. It's quick. It's like 20 minutes, and people let their guards down. You see Jerry, a different side of Jerry Seinfeld. I like it. I like that show. It's good. Let me say two more things, and then we could close this out. Uh, I've, I'm hearing mixed reviews with that new Adam Sandler Netflix movie with Jennifer Aniston. I haven't it looks it. it looks like a typical, you know, Adam Sandler comedy. Not typical. I'm not mm. going to lie. He's not, like, trying to be an idiot. But I'm hearing mixed reviews, and I'm just wondering if you heard anything about it, if you plan on watching it. I can't. I, I don't know if I could ever watch an Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> man, I'm <Speaking> sorry. <laughs> yeah, but it's Jennifer Aniston, man. I know. I feel like I owe her, like, I feel like I owe her a view <laughs> or a stream for all the years that she's, you know, kept a, kept a fan. Yeah, for all the years that she's given us. And speaking, when you mentioned, you know, those, like, crappy 80 movies or whatever, did you ever watch the movie Count of Monte Cristo? No. That with Orlando Bloom? No. Oh, never mind. Nope. I don't know who I don't know who the guy is. I don't know any of the actors, to be honest with you. Okay. But that was like a movie when one summer I was like twelve flying to DR mm. and that's the movie that they had on that flight. Back then that you didn't have a selection, you just had like the one movie that they were showing. And I watched it because I couldn't sleep. And every time that movie's on TV, I have to watch it. It's weird. Really? So, hmm. I think it's a remake of an older version yeah, of it there's from a lot like the of, 60s. Yeah, there's a lot of versions of it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So, yeah, maybe I'm watching the worst version. It's, but, let me see. Is it with the guy with the funny nose? Um, uh, Count of Monte Cristo. There's a lot see. of them, man. Really? Gerard, Is there like a part two or something? Gerard Depardieu. I think it's the one with Orlando Bloom, but I don't see it anywhere. I like the one from 2002. Okay. And yeah, I don't know what it is about that movie. Just random thought that I had. There, there's something that I am excited about, and it's that there's a Quentin Tarantino movie coming out soon. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think it's called. Oh, I don't know if you have any if there's any director that you follow or a screenwriter or an actor where if they have a movie, you have to go see it like at the movie theater. Do you have that? Yeah, Medea. Oh, you like Tyler Perry? Nah, hell no. I'm kidding. Oh, I was going <laughs> to say. I never watched. I've never watched more than 10 minutes of a Medea movie ever. I, I can't. It, I can't. I can't fucking stand Medea. But yeah, um, no, that's I was just kidding. Like, I'm such a dorky Quentin Tarantino fan that when The Hateful Eight came out, uh, like, three or four years ago, he did, like, a roadshow where, where they played it in 70 millimeter, which they had to, like, install in different movie theaters because that's not really available. And um, I went to, like, a 1 a.m. showing of uh, of Hateful Eight in 70 millimeter, and that movie was, like, four hours long. So put that in perspective. Damn. And that's how, like, I get pumped for this guy's movies because they're always really good. Like, like, uh, Pulp Fiction. Here's the thing in our family, we are immigrants. And, um, we come from a family where the filter isn't there for the most part. Uh, like, there is drink, there was drinking around us when we were kids and stuff like that. Not in a bad way. I don't want to make us seem like we're a bunch of, you know, animals or whatever. But, like, I remember we used to go as a kid. We would go to the mall or whatever. My dad hated going to the mall. So we'd go see a movie. He did not think twice to take me to a rated R, R, R rated movie. And that was totally normal. I don't know if it was the same for you. But I remember I was like 10 or 11 years old. My dad brought home two bootleg movies. It was Pulp Fiction 
and Dumb and Dumber. And those two movies are like, I can recite the movies from beginning to end, every line, everything in those movies. And Pulp Fiction was directed by Quentin Tarantino. And then he came out with uh, Jackie Brown and um, what were some of the other ones? There was Kill Bill. I love those movies. I like I like Kill Bill. Django Unchained, Inglorious you know Bastards. What? His movies are so fucking good. I can't wait for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Dumb and Dumber, and I've seen the. I think I've seen stuff from the Hollywood story. It looks pretty. It looks pretty good. So I, I would definitely watch that. And I love Quentin Tarantino movies. Dumb and Dumber is one of those movies that I always associate with you as well because I think I watched that movie like eight times when I used to go over your house. Oh my god, man! I could, I, so that I, I could love watch that, that on repeat. I could still today if it's on. I, it's one of those movies. I just I have to. I love that movie. But you'd be surprised what movies impacted my life because even though I did get a, a taste of those bootleg movies, uh, for me instead of Pulp Fiction, it was like Arachnophobia. Ooh, nice. you remember that movie? Hell yeah, I remember that movie. Jeff Daniels is in that movie <laughs> with all the spiders. Do you remember the movie with Charlie Sheen where he's uh he's like a, a fugitive and he steals the car and there's yeah. like some blonde girl in it? Yes, I do. For remember some that. reason, I I can't tell you what the name of that movie is, but I could definitely like it's one of those movies that I'll watch if it's on TV. Um, there's just a lot of random movies. Movies played a big part in my in my childhood, but you you wouldn't you're probably not a fan of a lot of these movies. But it's a lot of Jim Carrey. Uh, a lot of uh, you know. Have you ever seen The Last Dragon? Oh, are you kidding me? Who's yeah, the that's master? Like a, that, I love that movie. <laughs> that's like one of those movies. Did you ever see Double Dragon? Hey, my man, what it look like? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Double Dragon? No, I played the game, the Nintendo game. Yeah, don't watch Double Dragon. You wouldn't like it, <laughs> but I like it. I hope they come out with a Double Dragon 2020 or something. Oh, man. Was it Terminal Velocity? The one where he's the, the stolen car one? I remember that. No, it wasn't Terminal Velocity. That might be it. No, that's not it. That's not it. I remember the car, I remember the movie you're talking about because I used to watch it, too. There's like certain movies that when they're on, you just have to watch it. Um, yeah. Yeah. For me, a lot of Scorsese movies and Tarantino movies are like that. And there's another movie. That if it's on, and they used to play it on TBS a lot, and I haven't seen it recently, maybe because I don't watch TV that much. But um, with Leonardo DiCaprio, it's a Spielberg movie, Catch Me If You Can. Have you ever seen that? I love that movie, yeah. That's another one of those movies that if it's on, I, I watch it. I love that movie from beginning to end. I think it's such a good movie. Um, but yeah, so those are, those are my movie selections. I'm going to go see Toy Story 4 with my daughter probably later this week. Oh man, you are so lucky. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of. I got. I should go. I should go watch that, man. I haven't been to the movies in so long because it's so expensive, and I get skittles. Go alone, man. It's the best. But don't go. Don't really? go to a kid movie by yourself. No, that that's creepy. But um, <laughs> that, yeah. No, I go to. I I'm not. Here it is. Here's my confession, ladies and gentlemen. I go to the movies alone sometimes, and it's the the for me the greatest thing on earth because. You ever go to the movies with somebody and it's it's you you're the one that initiated it. Oh, I really want to go watch. I don't know, scary movie or whatever, and you bring them and the movie sucks and you kind of feel responsible for it. Like, God damn, I just wasted this. I just wasted two hours of this person's life. Yeah, I know what you mean. But I, hate that I know kid. I know people that I know people that go to the movie theaters alone and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I've never done it. I mean, I actually have done it one time. I got out of work early and I needed I wasn't out of work. I needed like three hours to kill. So I went to like a local movie theater, kind of like Lincoln Theater in Kearney. Mm-hmm. It's damn. like very small, could yeah. catch fire at any moment. And I just picked the the movie that was up next, which was uh, the that London version of like it's like that uh, gentleman's club movie. He's like mm-hmm. an agent. He has like all these gadgets and shit. Um, Channing Tatum was in it. 
He was like mm. the American version of that London agent. Anyways, that's the movie I watched. I was it was a completely empty theater. It was weird. Yeah, man. It was like three o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> no, I go I especially during Oscar season. It's, I'm I'm a loser and like I joined like an Oscar pool and all this shit. I try to go watch all the movies that get nominated. This year I didn't do a good job with it. Um, but in years past, like two years ago, they came out with this thing called Movie Pass, and you pay like ten dollars a month. And you could go see as many movies as you want. Um, you get one ticket. So I got that. And I would go, like, if my wife went to bed, the kids are sleeping, and it's, like, 10 o'clock at night and I'm awake. Instead of sitting at home, I would go and just watch a movie. And to put this in perspective, $10 a month, I would go watch maybe four movies a month. That's $40. Guess yeah. what happened to Movie Pass? They got rid of it? It went under. Because in places like New York City, when it's hot as fuck, People were getting movie passes and just spending the entire day at the movies with their AC oh, yeah. and all this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, um, it, it was the dumbest, you know, it was the best thing for me, for a person like me who loves movies. But it was the dumbest thing for a company. Like, how did they think that that was ever going to work out? It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. It was it was retarded. Hey, man. Um, all right. So we wasted a good uh, 10 minutes on that. Um, yeah, we did. All right. Ladies and gentlemen. Please take two minutes to leave a review and a rating for the Welcome to the Show podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, it helps people to find our show. Here's the latest review we got from True Drew. I wonder who that was. Funny, knowledgeable guys who know what they talk about and have fun while doing it. And then before that, we got one by a Nick AZ6. Welcome to the Show is one of the best podcasts out there for baseball fans. Covers the topics that too many people in the industry are afraid to touch, and they do so without pulling punches. Ooh. Wow. I know. I like Damn. Thank I'm going to write a review for us. Thank you, AZ. Um, so, yeah, leave your review for us. It'll, it'll only take you one or two minutes, and it helps people to find our show. We don't get paid for the reviews. If anything, it just increases up in the rankings, and it's, it, it makes it easier for people to find us. Um... If you have any negative <laughs> reviews, just send us an email at welcome to the show pod at gmail.com and we will get back to you as soon as we can. Yes. Um, also, visit audibletrial.com forward slash welcome to the show for a free audiobook download and a 30 day free trial. I spoke to somebody about this audible trial uh, thing during this weekend. They weren't sure if, if they had to pay for something. You don't have to pay for anything. You literally go to that link, sign up. You're going to get a free audiobook download. You can you don't like it, you can return it, get another one, and you get a 30-day free trial. If after the 30 day 30 days you don't like the service, cancel it. No money gets charged to you. If you like it, keep it going and you get a free book. I think you get a I don't know how many free books you get a month. It really is a good service. There's original content on it. Um, so check it out. audibletrial.com forward slash welcome to the show. CT. Take care. La paz esté con nosotros. <laughs> Peace. That's what, I, that's what I wanted to start singing last Friday, but I was like gone at that point. We should just do it, man. Yeah. At at a, we're still recording. At a, yeah. <laughs> at what? At one of my kids' functions, she was about. To, it was the end of the school year, and they do like a, a like a show for the families. One of the classes sang De Colores, and I was cracking up. Um, oh man yeah because I, I thought that that was just our family nuh-uh son that's like a spanish song like song yeah, yeah, yeah and and there's a part where the la gallina says kiki ki, and they did that part 
and I started laughing. <laughs> all right, peace. <laughs>